Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Welcome back to The Pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and here to the left of me, as always, or sometimes, is my co-host, That's better. That's a better Victor intro. Adams. I really like that intro. Thank you so much. You're I'm glad to be here today. It's deserving, and hey, yes. you're, you're more on the always than you are the sometimes yes. side. Yes, <laughs> Well, you know, what was it, 90% is better than, like, what? That's right. 80%, obviously, but, you know. That's right. Yeah. I'm grateful for every time you're here. So, yeah. And what a beautiful day it is, man. We're here in the midst of the spring weather. It's just gorgeous outside. Had a great weekend. You and I got to go eat some crawfish at a buddy's and hang out a little bit and that's just been a fun weekend yeah it was good divine mercy sunday you know we had all that good stuff so i'm excited to be in here today and of course i want to say thank you again to covenant eyes that makes a lot of this possible with their sponsorship of the program here and also of the narrow road uh guys again every week it never fails i get people sending messages about struggling with pornography and you know how they're on the verge of losing their marriage or that they found their children looking at something or their children stumbled onto their laptop and found something they were looking mm, at. Yeah. You know, this is a big problem in the world today. And, you know, you look at movies and everything and this over-sexualization of the culture. And, you know, it doesn't take much. A lot of times people think of porn as I've got to go rent something or watch something on Cinemax or HBO. But a lot of times on regular cable today, you could be triggered if this is an issue for you by just some of these, you know, scenes that are on like Law and & Order and stuff. So, you know, we've got to be able to to, to be aware of this stuff and to put all this stuff in play um, to protect ourselves and protect our family. And that's exactly what Covenant Eyes does. You know, you can put it on your laptop, all your devices. You know, once you, I think it's like 15 bucks a month or something like that. And you wind up getting to protect your entire family. You put it on all your devices. So we have Kindles in the house the kids use and we have it on that to protect them. I have it on all my laptops, my cell phone, um, and the other computer in the house. So trying to protect our family from this, whether it's me or my children, but just in, in, you know, in general, trying to keep mm-hmm. a safe and clean household, so which is very hard today with all the things going on in the world, as you know. But look, don't let sexual sin hold back your growth. Covenant Eyes can help you live a porn-free life of integrity and enjoy meaningful relationships with God, your family, and friends. So guys, if you want to get this, if you want a free trial for 30 days, go to start.covenanteyes.com slash pew, and you'll be able to get a free trial there. And if you decide it's working for you and your family, then you could continue on and get the subscription and just you know that your family's protected. So again, thank you, Covenant Eyes, for all you do for that in the narrow road. And speaking of the narrow road, I, I tell you, Victor, every week I'm just getting more and more excited about what the Lord's doing with this. I mean, every time I get on Facebook or every time I open Facebook Messenger or my email, there's just text pouring in or emails from guys that are just experiencing a new and profound relationship, not only with God, I mean, that's the most important thing. Mm-hmm. You know, they're finding a relationship and, and a conversation with them through the daily scripture, through the, the, the prayer, asking for his strength and whatever virtue we're going through through the month. Right now we're going through humility. And, you know, guys are growing in that relationship that way and also in that Opportunities for Grace chart, you know, looking at the positives of what they're doing in their faith life and growing into habits of doing these things on the regular basis and experiencing that grace but also they're growing in relationship with their wives and their kids. I mean, personally, I love looking at that thing every day. And, and if it's halfway through the day and I've been busy 
and I look and I'm like, okay, how am I going to show my humility to my wife today? I got to do something. Mm-hmm. Like I can't let this go blank. And so it's whether it's my OCD or it's just the grace of God pouring through, saying do something outside of yourself for this relationship this month. It's just helping me practice this stuff. And it and so many guys are just sharing with me how much their life's been affected by it. So. You know, if you're a guy that's out here struggling with vice, that's, that you want, you want to be better, right? You have a desire to be good, and you just don't know how to get there. This is a simple roadmap that we came up with here for that reason, so that you're not out there on your own. The, the best part is when you're joining at the narrow road level, you're also getting into a community of, of brothers on the Facebook patron page, um, guys that are texting each other, sharing with each other, emailing each other, uh, private messaging each other through patron and all that. And then we have those Zoom hangouts once a month where all these guys get on there. And sometimes there's, you know, 30, 40 guys, sometimes more, sometimes less. But they're on there and they're all hanging out and just sharing our lives with each other. So if you're looking for something like that, then consider joining the narrow road because it's going to help you in a lot of ways. And we're going to go through this thing for three years of just different virtues. And by the time you get to the end of this, hopefully you've practiced and learned a ton, at least 36 virtues in your life. They're going to help you build that road to holiness, right? We talk about that cobblestone or that brick road that's built of different virtues all the way from from here on this earth to hopefully the end game of, of getting to heaven. So if you want to sign up for the narrow road, you can do so at justaguyinthepew.com. You can go up to the top of the page there, or there's also a pop-up box that'll say join the narrow road. You can certainly do that there at the $20 level a month, become a patron, or if you're a guy who wants to get this for your men's group, a deacon, a, a priest, or someone that's listening to this, we have bulk orders available. Now these come with video courses too, whether you do it on your own or with a group, you're gonna get five videos a month, one on the virtue, one on every week in the relationship and practicing that virtue from me talking about this. So it's not only just a book, it's a course, and then you've got the community behind you. So if you're looking for that, guys, don't wait, just sign up and join this and let's all get on the road to holiness together. So I wanna move into the show, you know, we, as I talked about, it, it was Divine Mercy Sunday yesterday, and I got to lecture. So when I get to lecture, I, I read over the readings a mm-hmm. bunch, obviously, to prepare and, you know, just don't want to slip up or mess up. I want to honor God the best I can. So um, I remember reading a couple of times the second reading for First John. And, you know, it goes like this. I've got it down here. It says, Beloved, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is begotten by God. And everyone who loves the Father loves also the one begotten by him. In this way, we know that we love the children of God when we love God and obey his commandments. For this is the love, for the love of God is this, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. For whoever is begotten by God conquers the world, and the victory that conquers the world is our faith. Who indeed is the victor over the world, but the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. So, right there in the middle, for the love of God is this, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. That word stuck with me, like all Saturday night when I was reading over it, Sunday at Mass, after Mass, and then this morning as I was putting the show together. And, you know, oftentimes I know I've felt like, and it's easy to get in a place of where we feel our, our faith is a burden, right? It's usually when we get burnt out or when things aren't going our way, but we start to look at, at our faith as a burden. Sometimes even when we're caring so much and giving so much, and maybe we're not seeing fruits, you know, in our in our work and in our actions, which we're not supposed to seek, but, you know, we all are human. We want right. to see some yeah. signs that what we're doing is... Is, is bearing fruit. We all want to add a boy every once in a while. Sure. Right. Uh, I mean, you, yeah. you know, it's, 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 you're not supposed to seek it, but it's nice when right. it comes. So it's very easy to start looking to get burnt out and start to look at our, our faith as a burden. Um, you know, we can buy into the lie of the world that our faith and our beliefs are an unnecessary burden and a waste of time. 
You know, the world all the time is hammering us with, why are you Christian? Why do you care? Why do you believe in that false thing? You really think a guy died for you on a cross and he's God and da 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 You hear that from the world all the time. Everything in the world is contrary to the teachings of Christianity, whether you're Catholic or Protestant or whatever listening. Mm-hmm. Like, it's 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 just constantly a barrage on, right. on your faith. And if you're a man that's trying to do what we're doing, you and I, Deacon Jeff, and hopefully all the men that are listening to this, you know, and that are in church on a regular basis and living the faith, it's something that we have to face. And a lot of times, just the the questions, the the, the, the feeling different, the, the isolation, the loneliness of you could sometimes feel when you're walking this path um, can can make you feel like you're face a burden. It can make you forget that it's not a burden. It's truly a gift. Well, and what you're talking about, too, is burdensome is heavy. You know, it's not light. It's, sure. it's something that's always there, like a pebble in your shoe. Um, and, and But what he's really going for is, like, when you know you're loved by God and you feel that love by Him, no matter how much difficulty you come across, whether it's, it's the idea, ideology of the world or whether it's like other faiths that are battling each other, you know, because as yeah. we you know, being Catholic, there are non-Catholics that still have issues with, with some things that we do, or, you know, how we go about things, you know, yeah. like the Blessed Mother, okay? That's a lot of, that's the issue there for a lot of people who are non-Catholic. Statues and right, all that stuff. Right, stuff like that, but, but, but they don't really probably fully understand how important it is to us, and so therefore, whenever you're trying to present your faith or something like that, you're gonna be compatible not only with people outside the faith, but inside the faith as well, and that's what you're saying is where it can be overwhelming to kind of continue to, to live a life that's full of like following the the, the beatitudes, you know, yeah. the virtues and, and being open and loving and forgiving individual in a world that's cruel and sometimes sure. heaps suffering upon you. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it, it really stinks when you get to that place where mm-hmm. you're feeling like that because it, it just feels like the weight of the world's on you. You know, uh, a lot of times, if we're being honest, it's generally because we're out there doing and not doing enough being, you know, we're not, a lot of times when I've felt that way, I've, I've let my spiritual practices go, or I'm just demanding of God, like mm-hmm. I want something now and you're not delivering it. And so why am I doing all this work, right? I, I want to see the fruit. I want 10,000 guys in the narrow road. I want, you know, all these things, not for popularity reasons, but I just want people to be helped and find, you know, find him. And, and so sometimes when we get the cart before the horse like that, you know, we start to question God, and why aren't you helping with this? Isn't this a good thing? Don't you want it? I'm giving my whole life to you, you know, mm-hmm. and, and and you know, half the world doesn't care. Why should I? And you know, all of that. It's a bad place to get to, um, and and it's one that's that's very lonely, and it's not God's not deserving of that, right? God doesn't put that pressure on us. We put it on ourselves, and then we get to a breaking point, and we start to look at our faith as a burden. And uh, when we start to believe that lie, you know, we wound up, we, we really start to get ourselves into a danger zone in our faith. You know, one of the biggest things, Deacon Jeff and I were talking about this earlier when I mentioned the topic of the show, was we can pretty quickly become self-proclaimed martyrs, mm-hmm. you know, and, and somebody may just be shaking their head, you know, right now, but going, what does that mean? Or maybe take offense at that. But it's really the truth. I mean, a lot of times when we're feeling the burden of everything, I know in my past, I start to tell everybody what I've been doing, right? Oh, if you just knew, I mean, gosh, I got to get up every morning and say my prayers. I got to do my my narrow road stuff. I got to go to daily mass. I, I've got to go to the men's group Wednesday night. I've got all these talks I got to give. Like we could find ourselves quickly telling everybody and lamenting over the things that mm-hmm. we do in our spiritual practices in our life. And we begin to look at ourselves as slaves of a, of a domineering master, right? Rather than friends of a loving God. 
And I know I've fallen prey to this, and I've seen plenty of other people. You know, it's just like we begin to feel sorry for ourselves, and we let everybody know all the painful things that we're doing in service to God. And it makes us forget how good God is, mm-hmm. right? And it's really what Satan wants. He wants you. He's kind of behind you with a lot of stuff, with a lot of these sins right. and a lot of things we talk about, with like a cattle prod, like just kind of shocking you and going, yep, 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 he does stink. And yep, you do have to do all this work. And man, if God loved you so much, why do you have to spend so much time praying? Why has your life got to be all about him? If he loves you so much, why isn't it more about you? And all that stuff starts to get in our mind. And then we get sideways in our faith. We start to lose our spiritual practices. And all of a sudden, we're in a bad place with our faith. Right. We isolate ourselves from faith and get from God, too. Right. And yeah. a lot of times, if you're not surrounded by the right people, mm-hmm. you know, that are sitting there that, that kind of are, are other voices in the crowd, you know, in the peanut gallery going, yeah, you're right, dude. Like, I've been telling you that for a while. You know, you do all that stuff. I mean, you don't really, nobody really tells you thanks. And, you know, and dude, it's so much easier. Look, I go home every night and I drink whiskey and I drink beer and, and I'm having a good old time. And, you know, and you're, you're over here doing all that stuff. Why are you trying to carry all that, man? And all it takes is a couple of those other voices, people that we love in our life, that we trust, that maybe don't understand where we are in our faith. Um, they start chiming in, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden, you know, it, it's, what is it, the uh, the squeaky wheel gets the grease? Right. So it's a lot of times we listen to that, and we start leaning that way, and we sort of t- start turning away from God and almost start to blame Him for all of these things that we were once joyful doing. And that's, that's a really bad part of that when we begin – to kind of throw ourselves, and it's really disrespectful to people who were really martyred for the mm-hmm. faith when we start to lament over the, oh my gosh, I had to go pray. And then meanwhile, people are getting their heads chopped off for loving Jesus in other places. Right. You know? Well, um, what you're talking about, too, I want to go back is like scripture is, I think for us, it's a way to connect to people who wrote that down. You know, what I'm, saying? I'm saying like you talked about Jonah with me earlier. Sure. But like all the Psalms are by David, right? And yeah. you can tell when he was happy, when he was sad, when he was scared, when he was depressed, when he was like trying to understand where God wanted him to be. I mean, you could see his mood fluctuate in almost every Psalm. And the great thing about us is that we could connect to that and say, I know, I, I know exactly where David's feeling because I felt that too. Yeah. Or today you're reading a Psalm, you know, like the Psalm where you, Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, right? Yeah. I mean, that is our go-to whenever we feel like we are like empty or we need some help and some strength from God, and that is the encouragement of the scriptures, because people who wrote that felt the same way we were feeling from time to time. No, I agree, but the the downfall is when you start to look at all that as a burden in your faith, then you start to push things away. So a lot of times people may not be reading scripture because they're just like, you know what, why, why even worry with it? You know, why even my life doesn't get better, or it's I didn't get what I wanted when I wanted, or God didn't, you know, hasn't done for me what what he should have done because I've done so much for him, right? And we start to get on pedestals and start to put ourselves above God and, you know, poor pitiful me. And we start being those self-proclaimed martyrs like we were talking about. And then we begin to like, even our language changes, right? We begin to speak about our spiritual practices as have to's instead of I get to's, Mm -hmm. you know, like you see it all the time in converts when, you know, people are, are coming in. I remember my RCIA class, you know, I won't name a name, but I went through with it with a guy and I remember sitting in the table, you know, with him halfway through RCIA, you know, probably somewhere along December or somewhere like that. And he's just going like, I can't wait to get that body and that blood. I can't wait to get that body and blood. I can't wait for, you know, communion. And then, you know, I remember being there that night with him. We were both excited. And then he sort of fell away from the church. Like it was just that roller coaster up and down. Mm-hmm. And, and it becomes like, I want to sleep in on Sundays and I don't want to, I don't want to read and I don't want to pray and I just want to sit down and watch Netflix and I want to, you know, have sports and all these things are more important to me. 
And you see that a lot. And, and it's so funny because when we're so excited and we leave men's conferences or we leave um, things like that and we're so excited and introduced and the faith is new and beautiful and it's like that that toy you got for Christmas that you wanted for months and then three weeks later it's in the corner with all the other toys, then our language starts to change to where in the beginning it was so like, man, I get to go, I got to go to the Adoration Chapel today for 30 minutes. It was such a blessing. And then, you know, you sign up for adoration once a week for the hour because Father needs people to fill spots. Right. Yeah. And then three months later, you're going, man, I got to go to adoration. Like, I don't want to do that tonight. And you start looking at it as a burden in your life instead of this gift that I get to go spend 30 minutes, an hour, whatever it is, with the risen Lord. Or, man, I got to go to daily mass. And we forget that the Lord gives himself, has given himself, and we get to receive him every single day if we choose to. And what a gift that is in our life. But it's all clouded. When we start to look at our faith as this burden instead of this gift that it, that it was always meant to be. And when we act like that, we lose our zeal, right? We lose our joy and our zeal for the faith, that 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 fire that, is, as St. Paul always says, that dwells within us. You know, we, we sort of cut off the, the Holy Spirit at the legs because we're just, before we even start doing something, we're already looking forward to either being back home or, or maybe I can get somebody else to fill in for me. You know, we've all been there. Um, you know, Jonah, for instance, you said we were talking about that before the show. That's a spiritual um, or, or a biblical, you know, example of it right there. Mm-hmm. You know, God asked Jonah to go do something very noble, to go save an entire town in his name, to go nation, and be his yeah, mouthpiece, right. his nation. Mm-hmm. And, and Jonah's like, I don't do that. That's not my yeah, plan. I don't like God. those I don't, people. Yeah, yeah, I don't like them. I don't want to do that. I mean, you look at, you know, John and James, like walking with Jesus through through um, Samaria, and they want to call down fire yeah. on everybody. And like, you know, they're like, I don't want to deal with these people. I hate these right. people. They're different than me. And and so, you know, and what does Jesus, he rebukes them. You know, he's like, you want to use the, the, the power of God to like rain fire down on people? Like, you're not getting this, right? right. Same thing God did to Jonah, right? You're going to go sit in that whale. Do you understand this isn't about you? It's about me. And when you start to look at what a gift it is that I've chosen you to do something, right? That I've given the time in, in your life to know you, to love you, to to try to get you to be with me forever. And when we look at, the, at our faith as a burden, we lose sight of all that. And we start to be Jonah's. We start to have those moments where we're John and James and you know, we're more concerned on if we're going to sit about sitting at the right hand of God or the right hand of Christ than we are about saving the people mm. that were present in front of us, right? Or being a part of the salvation of, of the people there. And so we start to lose all that. We lose our joy and you start to be negative. And, and then you, you just start to look at this as obligations, right? And, and that's why sometimes I hate when you hear the word obligation in faith because men automatically like tune out when they hear that. You know, that's why in the narrow road we did the opportunities for grace chart instead of weekly commitments because mm-hmm. you get two different reactions to that. Like this is your choice to be graced in this versus this is something you got to do and guys are already going, man, like I didn't know this program was going to have like, <laughs> I got to have to do like commit to stuff. Yeah. No, I feel right. guilty. I feel bad. Right. This is a burden on me. And, but like, th- these are the things that when we start to look at stuff like obligations, then we lose the joy of why we do them, you know? And, and it becomes another thing on a to-do list and it just, it, it, you know, you wind up eventually feeling sorry for yourself. Mm-hmm. That's really what it is. It goes back to that. You know, you start telling yourself, this is hard. You know, the majority of the world doesn't do this. Why should I? This, this is too hard for me. And I remember being that way several times in the first five years of this ministry. You know, just, just pouring my heart out and trying to go be everywhere and do everything. And that was my fault for being naive and thinking I had to be everywhere and sort of had the savior, you know, complex thing that, you know, I had to go everywhere or people weren't going to meet Jesus. 
and that was just naive, you know me being mm-hmm. young and naive but you know we we wind up feeling sorry for ourselves and i remember having conversations with god going like i, I this i care too much nobody else cares like this you know which is stupid of me to say anyway and pompous and prideful but you know it was just i felt that way and i would just slam my bible and go you know what i'm done like i'm done nobody else cares why should i this is hard god and it's because i was looking at my faith as a burden i had forgotten and i'd listened to that devil in my ear whispering about how yeah you are the one doing the work and man why should you have to do this and you know that 80 20 rule in the parish that's that's a bunch of bs other people need to get off their cans and help too and you just get this negative feeling about everything you're doing and that has no place in our faith walk with Christ. Like that's, we should be joyful disciples at all time, even through the suffering. And we can't ever do that when we're looking at our faith as a burden. So for a lot of people who are in that moment right now, uh, or have been there, maybe they have found some ways for them to get out of that. But for those that are not part of the church anymore, because there's yeah. a lot of us, you know, that have uh, either, either they're, one way they're trying to find themselves back in the church, but don't know how to go about doing that, or they're afraid that you know there's a lot of stuff they have to deal with before they come into it but don't be hesitant about it you know sure. make that choice that holy spirit's always stirring your spirit internally saying come back to me come back to me and and know that i'm here with you and love you yeah and that's that's the message we need to hear not that not the internal stuff where we think we're not worthy we're no good i'll disappoint them again as i usually do i mean shut that voice out listen to the voice you're saying about john right i mean what the the solutions are obviously something that we have addressed in, in the past but it's also something that we can work together yeah no you're exactly right and i mean it, it's just i mean it, some signs to know that if you're in this place right now is i mean you should know obviously if you're yeah. feeling just burned out and all that stuff but you know if you're looking at all your spiritual practices i'm not just talking about mass but the things you do every day if those start to become basically a dreary obligation you know i mean we've all said that about the study group some nights or like man i just didn't want to come i didn't want to get here i didn't want to get out of my chair I didn't feel like driving up here. And every night when we leave, we're always glad that we came, right? That's usually when we need to be there the most is when mm-hmm. the devil's pushing on us like that. But, you know, it's it, signs are like when you when you want to put off reading scripture because you're 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 you just you you start procrastinating because you just dread reading it. You know, when when you start griping about getting up and going to church on the weekends when you used to be the first one up and and leading your family. Um, becoming apprehensive about prayer time, you know, and making excuses to avoid it. Those are some telltale signs of when you're in this this place of maybe exhaustion, burnout, but certainly looking at your faith as a burden instead of a gift. And so, you know, as always, we want to look at solutions. You, you don't want to just sit here and, you know, dump a load That's of stuff it. on people All and right, leave. See, you guys. see yeah. you guys. We're done. <laughs> you know, hope you have a great day. But no, it's uh, there's, there's a lot of different things you can start with. And the first one I would say is just realize that this is all part of the devil's plan, that it's a lie. That he wants to, he's constantly like as Saint Peter says, he's 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 you know prowling around like a roaring lion, as he says. Vultures around in sky, right? And it doesn't mean that he's just going to like jump out of the bushes and devour you in one bite. He's picking at you, stalking you all the time with these things before he comes in for the kill. And a lot of times, that's what's happening when we're feeling these burdens and these burnouts, and we're looking at our faith. He's slowly getting us to turn away from God and to turn towards Him and to look and to start believe the lie. Start blah 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 blah. blah. That's all, folks. But <laughs> start believing the lies of the devil and the world and everything else that is contradictory to the message of Jesus Christ. So, two, I would say, never look at your faith as anything but a straight up gift. 
Like that's the truth. True, it's just, yes. It is a gift. It is a gift that it's worth working for, mm-hmm. you know, and that we're that, that we have a God who has loved us so much that He put in this just amazing plan and took on flesh to come down here, as we've talked about in the last few weeks, to to save us. And He would have done it just if it were for you. So keep that always in the center of your mind and be grateful for what's been done for you. And if you stay in that gratitude, then you're always going to find it easier to do the things that you want to do to be with your best friend, man. Like. My, I was with my bas- my old Baptist pastor the other day riding bikes, and he was like, I get to spend time with my best friend every day. You know, was, I just thought that was so cool that he said it that way. But, you know, also, we need to realize that spiritual practices aren't things that God gave you to make him joyful. They're the things that he gave you to make you joyful, right? God didn't give you all this stuff to do just to satisfy him. It's because he knows it will make your life easier. It will make you happy. And so remember that, right? Get to the root of your anxiety. What's really wrong? What's what's the root cause of this? You know, and start digging into that and where it's coming from. Because you can patch it, you can put a band-aid on it, but until you really figure out where the burnout, where the burden stuff is coming from, then you're gonna struggle with it. So you need to take that to prayer and ask God to help you identify that. You'll find the things you enjoy doing in the faith. Don't try to do everything because people tell you you need to be doing this or that. You need to look at what you truly enjoy. If you if rosaries aren't your thing, then do a Divine Mercy Chaplet. Or if that's not your thing, then do personal prayer. You know, whatever it is, if you like reading books, you know, that people have written about scripture, find what it is that brings you close to the Lord and do that. That way you're not sitting there trying to do all these other things that people tell you you should be doing, and there's thousands of those in the church you could be doing. Yeah. You're gonna burn yourself out and look at your faith as a burden. So find the things that you enjoy. And finally, understand that 99% of your faith journey is God working in and through you, not grinding not grinding it out, trying to earn your way through spiritual practice after spiritual practice. 99% of our faith is God working through us, not us earning and grinding it out, trying to basically earn our way into heaven. If you stop looking at it like that and you look at every interaction you have with God as a joyful experience, then you're always going to start feeling a relationship with God and it's going to be a joyful you know, two-way conversation, not this one-way thing where you feel like God's over a, under a palm tree, you know, getting fanned and fed grapes while you're, you know, loading the bricks up the stairs or doing all of the, the back-breaking work. Jesus has told us, you know, my, um, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He understands that there's points where we're going to get to where our faith seems overwhelming and hard. But that's why he tells us, come to me. Mm-hmm. Don't turn your back on me. Don't listen to the devil. Don't sit there and complain. Don't become a self-proclaimed uh, martyr. But come to me and ask for me my, my help, and I will give it to you. I'm never going to refuse you. You know, he didn't take on flesh and come to this earth and go through the things he went through to turn his back on us. So, guys, I hear that music. You know, don't buy into the lie of the devil that your faith is a burden. Always remember that it's a tremendous gift from a loving God. So let's take it to prayer in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, our faith is an amazing gift, and it's an honor to get to serve such a loving God like you. Sometimes, though, we can allow the devil to convince us that serving you is a burden instead of a blessing. Help us to remember all that you have sacrificed that we, so that we could be with you forever. And Father, whenever we find ourselves buying into the lie that serving you is a burden, remind us that there's no greater gift than to live a life that glorifies your name. In the name of the Father, Father and the Son, Son, and the Holy Spirit, Spirit amen. amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com.